What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. CoinKite and River are two awesome Bitcoin companies which support this podcast. If you'd like to hear more about them, keep listening. If not, skip ahead 60 seconds. CoinKite offers the products you need to securely store and use your Bitcoin. If you don't self-custody your Bitcoin, you don't have Bitcoin, and it's only a matter of time before you become a cautionary tale. To avoid that fate, it's imperative that you take custody now and take advantage of the unique form of financial freedom which Bitcoin provides. If you've already sorted yourself out, Christmas is a perfect time of year to give the gift of Bitcoin to Bitcoiners and pre-coiners alike. Give physical Bitcoin with the SATS card, get someone's self-custody journey started with the cold card, or put the newly released Block Clock Micro on your own Christmas list. As far as I'm concerned, the CoinKite store is a one-stop shop for all your gifting needs, with all sorts of quality gear to accompany you and your loved ones down the rabbit hole this holiday season and into the new year. To check it out, visit CoinKite.com. River allows you to securely buy Bitcoin, zero-fee dollar cost average, and purchase hosted mining rigs. Also, their Lightning service enables developers and companies to integrate Lightning payments into their applications without having to run any Lightning infrastructure themselves. I recommend River because of their dedication to service, stellar team, and in-house approach to building a next-generation financial services business on Bitcoin. To get started, visit river.com today. There we go. We're live. Uh, Savtoshi, is am I pronouncing the handle correctly? Yeah, so, so yeah, the, the name kind of comes from uh, the, the project I'm creating, Sovereign Craft, so it's a bit of a play on words there. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. You are the first in my experiment of, uh, I guess, opening myself up to being self-booked on the podcast, and you were the first one to come in and, and uh, book some time in the Calendly thing, so a thing. So I'm looking forward to this. I appreciate you uh, taking the leap. Yeah, it's fun. And I have a confession to make. It's actually one of my Twitter followers that suggested I join this podcast. I had never watched your podcast. <laughs> and, How dare and, you? Um, I know. <laughs> but then he's like, hey, you should join this guy's podcast. And I watched a, a video or two. And I was like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And he sent me the link and away we go. So, I mean, that's well, how we meet each other. So Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, tell me, you know, tell me what's on your mind. Tell me why you wanted to come yeah, talk to so, a complete stranger. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, just a bit of the preamble, I guess, of, of how I got to where I am. Um, you know, like so many, I kind of uh, had a bit of a panic when the COVID started, um, not due to the COVID itself, but due to some of the things that were happening in the world. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, for, for me, um, my my profession is as a, a systems administrator and and i i kind of said before you realize that you're a senior systems administrator when the administration of said systems becomes not just technology and i i was at a place where i was like okay the government is giving out money and people aren't working so that doesn't work <laughs> you, you can't give out money with no one. And I didn't understand the economy at all at the time, but it was enough for me to realize that within that system, something is broken. So from there, I mean, I didn't even know how to buy a stock. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to do anything. So um, I, I started off with, with some conviction um, in some companies that, that I knew about, um, but I kind of stumbled upon Bitcoin because obvi obviously there was um, an expansion of the, um, the total pool of money that was happening and, and Bitcoin seemed to be the solution to that. And I went through the, 
the shitcoinery phase, uh, <laughs> like so many, lost a lot of money there, but, uh, you know, made my way to understanding that, that, that really Bitcoin is, is the way of everything. Yeah. So, so, you know, um, I, I think a major problem that people have, especially those involved in technology, which there tends to be a correlation, um, is that we compare the technology of the different, let's say, cryptocurrencies, um, as opposed to the monetary properties of said currencies. And, mm -hmm. and that's really where the differentiation comes in. Um, so I'm a, a, a busy father of five. <laughs> so, wow. so, so, you know, I, I'm not wealthy. So with all of this um, expansion of the monetary base causing inflation, um, something's got to give, right? Right. My, my kids were into Minecraft a little bit, which is why I'm this Minecraft character on your screen. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not particularly a gamer, but I did have a little bit of experience in the Minecraft world. And I got them into it. I figured it was a very good educational platform um, for those people who have not played Minecraft. And there does appear to be very little overlap between Minecraft players and Bitcoin people. <laughs> but um for those who have not played Minecraft, it's very much like digital Lego with some properties that allow you to do some things that are a bit more physics related. Um, you can get right into making a full-blown calculator. You can go on YouTube and see people who have made circuits that, that will equate to a calculator or even a, a processor inside the game just through relays and as, what, what they call redstone. Cool. So it's... It's quite a it's quite a scalable game, but ultimately it's 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 a combination of, of Lego and maybe one of those little electronic lab kits where you <laughs> hook up some wires. Um, and some people are into architecture, some people are into various different things, and it's just a sandbox game where you can build. So how did one become the other? Well, wait, um, wait, wait. Before before yeah. you get into that, I want to ask because you you've covered a lot of ground there, and I'm curious. Um, and it's been interesting to me to hear about people that kind of got their first exposure or inkling to monetary policy, inflation, central banking, Bitcoin in 2020, because, you know, we're only two years on, basically. And that, that's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of insights to have and a lot of education to yes. digest, I guess. Um, what was your first exposure to Bitcoin or was it crypto first and then you came upon Bitcoin um, later? Well, one of my buddies and I kind of curse him a little bit for not, for not, um, for not uh, telling me more, I guess. But when I first got into investing, again, I was in the technology scene. And one of my buddies was like, so you're going to buy Bitcoin? And I was like, no, I'm not buying that junk. You know, <laughs> like it was kind of a, uh, you know, like everyone else, I, I, I didn't know. And I thought it was some kind of a ridiculous Ponzi. My wife actually tells me that sometime back in 2015, 16, that I had mentioned something about Bitcoin and that I should look into it. And my gosh, I wish I would have because I'd be in a very different place today. But um, no, like I, I kind of heard about Bitcoin first, but then of course, research led me into all the other ones. Um, and I started off looking at Ethereum and thinking the same thing as so many other people where they would say, oh, you know, it's proof of stake, not proof of work. So it's more efficient. And then I got... I was kind of in 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 the, the time of Chia, which came and went, um, which was, oh, we're not going to use compute, we're going to use storage, and it's going to be called farming, not mining, and your storage is your plot, and all these ridiculous ideas, which 
were fascinating from, again, a technology perspective. And I was a technologist first. So I got distracted by a lot of these things because not realizing that a new unit of account had a very important property, which is expense. And if there's a way around that expense, then it, it is not a viable uh, form of, of monetary creation. So, you know, the, the actual expense of Bitcoin is, is a wonderful property in that, <laughs> you know, Sailor would probably say thermodynamically sound, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, ultimately um, the, 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 the cost of creating each new unit in Bitcoin due to its algorithm is perfectly tuned to its value. And, and it's, it's never more and never less. And as people become more creative and innovative, it lends itself towards um, more efficient forms of energy production or creation. And, and that's just built into the algo. So, so you know, over time, I, I got there. But as you said, I was new to it and I didn't understand money. So, you know, my, my journey there, um, I, I actually have a, a pinned tweet on my alt, which I sometimes uh, quote, but um, yeah, like there's a sequence of videos that I recommend to people. A couple of them are, are by Cold Fusion um, on YouTube and he just talks about what money is. And then from there, there's an excellent video by Jeff Booth that I normally recommend to people. And then one from um, Michael Saylor, uh, where he was talking with Tucker Carlson. And then from there, I just tell people to read the Bitcoin standard. Right. Um, and, and, and there's a bit of a journey from there. My, my journey that got me out of my last alts or poo coins or whatever people want to call them. Um, <laughs> the ones that got me out of the last ones, which were most similar to Bitcoin um, or privacy tokens, such as right. Monero. Um, but, but the ones that got, the thing that got me out of the last ones, which was Litecoin um, and possibly a bit of Doge, um, was actually finding out about Lightning. Um, you know, watching Jack Mahler's on uh, Bitcoin, I think it was 2021. The one after the one that he cried. <laughs> 22. <laughs> 22. Okay. So it's almost 22. Um, yeah. Anyway, when the, the one that he was talking about, um, you know, his, his stuff in El Salvador and he actually does a transaction in store um, on Lightning via Tor. I was, it just made me realize that regardless of any other chain, the blockchain is necessarily um, inefficient. So it doesn't matter what the currency, let's say, is, the blockchain will be too slow for global adoption. And I think the only reason why our minds accept the idea of multiple different units of account is because trust was needed with gold. It was not scalable via space. It was hard to verify um, physically. It still is hard to verify physically, depending upon the size, there's different methods and you can hide tungsten in it and all kinds of things. So, you, you know, like Bitcoin removes that need because you can programmatically verify the digital currency which mm -hmm. is great um so, so you and know with also, lightning with, it with, fixes that because like yeah i totally agree and like you know the the ridiculous sort of claim to light to litecoin was that it was silver to bitcoin's gold but you know in the physical world gold due to its value to weight ratio just couldn't be 
divided sufficiently to account for you know the smaller value transactions. So it needed a, a you know a secondary you needed a secondary monetary metal basically that had a lower value to weight ratio that that could accommodate those uh, transactions. Yeah, but obviously, absolutely. Bitcoin being as divisible as it is, it it you don't need another thing for it to accommodate those transactions. So. You know, there's well, on many... off-chain, it's even more divisible. You know, very few people well, know yeah, that on exactly. the, the Lightning Network, it's it's millisats. So mm -hmm. you can go even smaller once once you're at higher levels. So absolutely, like the the it was actually the limitations of the physical properties of money before we had a digital money that caused us to require different currency denominations. So mm -hmm. we should not accept a different unit of account if we don't need a different unit of account because it introduces volatility to those units. If, if someone is in gold and they are a large holder of gold and all of a sudden they need to do a whole bunch of small transactions and they buy silver, that pushes down the value of gold. It actually affects the unit of account by diluting it into another unit of account. And all of these coins will delay the adoption of Bitcoin. So, so when, you know, when was um, that? When was the moment where the, your last shit coins were converted into... One true coin. Well, I still have a freaking antenna on top of my house, um, just because I can't sell my helium miner. So I don't know if that counts. But hey, but hey, I make a dollar. I, I don't know what I don't I don't know what that means. Oh my god! Well, I, I did a lot of shit coinery. So <laughs> basically, I make a buck a day on a shit coin because there's an antenna on top of my house. But awesome. Uh, Anyways, I mean, it all goes into Bitcoin now. I would say my last time of actually holding them for any period of time was probably somewhere early-ish 2022. Um, let's say somewhere around February is when I really was like, no, no, like it really is just money. All What's we need is money. What's it been like? Yeah. And what's it been like since having that realization? Because as you are probably begin to appreciate, once you once that light bulb moment happens, a lot of other stuff starts to happen too, in terms of your, you know, how you assess things and your perception of things and how how many things you see this upgraded form of money rectifying or be being related to in some capacity. So what's from February to now, what's your intellectual journey been like? Well, you know, I think. I think that was almost in some ways the end because I had already, as I call it, unlocked the denominator before then. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was doing some charting of, of different companies and different assets and I wasn't using dollars as a denominator. I'd use the NASDAQ as the denominator. Mm -hmm. I'd use, you know, Bitcoin as the denominator. I would, I would divide things out in trading view to see how the graphs change as the denominator changes. So by the time I was like, when I was down to let's say Bitcoin and Litecoin, like before I really ran my own lightning node and, and that was earlier this year, I would actually say it's the running of my lightning node that put the nail in the coffin because th there's a tweet again on my alt and, and maybe I should start bringing some of these tweets over to the, to, to this, uh, YouTube handle, which is uh, Satoshi, um, because I do want to kind of separate myself out and be a bit more focused on Twitter. But there's another one that I put together, which was a tweet about traditional finance and how those terms interrelate. Um, for instance, Bitcoin is relatively 
equal to gold. Lightning node is relatively equal to a bank. A lightning channel is relatively equal to an interbank uh, relationship uh, where one bank can transact with another bank. Um, and we can keep going. Um, a loop out, which is kind of sending out Bitcoin to your banking partner to have a liquidity channel. Well, that, that, that's what that's like. And then from there, you can take it one step further and say, what's a rebalance? Well, a rebalance is when you have relationships with multiple banks, also known as lightning nodes. And when you rebalance all those, people just kind of settle their accounts between one another. So really, the, the lightning network is structured very much like a banking system, which, which makes sense. It should be. The big difference is that anyone can be their own bank right now because there's no regulations yet. And I do believe there will be regulations eventually on Lightning nodes. And I think that, that will probably be a somewhat healthy thing. Um, Why? But, but in a, well, okay. So now we're really going to go into the Lightning uh, rabbit hole, I guess. But um, the more I compare Lightning to a banking system, the fact that everyone can be their own bank. For some people, for many people in the world that don't have much savings, and I do think that will change over time, but when people are transacting, not everyone is going to want to run a Lightning node. Lightning nodes, because of their nature, will always require channels, and yeah. channels are interbank relationships. And that seems arduous for the average person who's not business-minded. Mm -hmm. So I do see people having custodial Lightning nodes. The problem with those today is they are unregulated and you can only trust them as far as you can throw them to an extent. So the way I see it over time is there will be policies that will happen where insurance companies will be able to look at how these lightning node operators are handling their funds and offer insurance based on if their method of securing their node is adequate. And I think that that will be good for consumers. So, you know, one day you will have, let's say, Wallet of Satoshi be able to say, we are insured by this other third-party organization that will insure you up to $1,000. It won't be dollars, but we'll just say dollars. You know, <laughs> X amount of Satoshis um, is insured by this third-party company based on their audit of our internal um, policies. But is that and regulation? Thing. Or is that just an insurance uh, provider offering? Yeah, you know, and... And, and yes, I, I mean, I, I think there will be some regulation that comes with it um, because governments ultimately want their cut too for taxation. And I think you will always need very small amounts, but I think you always will need a certain amount of tech, uh, taxation. You know, people still need roads. You know, there, there's a few other things that might come into play that might be easier to be centralized. Um, I'm not a complete anarchist. <laughs> and I think with some of that, there will be some regulation, you know, like if you're paying taxes to the government, the government will likely require you to, let's say, pay from certain um, lightning providers that are um, in some form recognized by the government. Um, I think or, I think they'll I they'll attempt know. attempt that for sure. But I think the the possibilities that Bitcoin ultimately allows for means that over time, and of course, you know, this isn't going to happen immediately because most people aren't going to value the capacity or the ability to transact, you know, outside of the the prying eyes of government, let's say. But I do think over time, people will grad, uh, gravitate towards that option because, you know, you give an inch to the government and they take a mile. And I think that's always going to be the case. And 
over time, I think transacting outside of their realm is going to effectively limit their capacity to fund themselves. And it'll shrink over time down to whatever form, if any, is, is valued by the market. But I don't like, so again, I think there, I think, I mean, the recent uh, proposal, I think by Elizabeth Warren is basically something akin to that, you know, trying to regulate these things, but I, I don't think. But they don't understand it enough to yeah, of have course. regulations anywhere of, near where of, they will be in the future. Of course, but I don't, I don't think the market will demand regulation. I think th those things can be handled by reputation and competition and those sorts of things. I think if there's regulation, it'll be totally because the government wants to try to control this thing, not the market demanding it for confidence or trust or anything like that issues. So we shall see, obviously, yeah. but uh, that's that's my take on that. Yeah, and, and you know, what the future holds exactly is is a little bit unknown. And sure, I, I think that we <laughs> can totally all have our speculation. Unknown. Like for, for a while, I was saying the only three forms of taxes um, Oh, sorry, two forms of taxes that, that I considered legitimate was number one, um, a estate tax. And the reason is, is because I don't believe capital should go to people that don't necessarily deserve it. So I see a purpose in well, state tax. What, what, to, a, a what tax? Estate, like E-S-T-A-T-E? Yeah. So like when someone dies, I don't yeah. think you know, you, you end up with a whole bunch of spoiled brats. If someone is extremely effective in their um, capital uh, acquirement, then you end up with people who are useless because they, you know, sure, give well, money while you're alive. But I think if someone dies with money, the ability to pass things on, I think that's a good way that if we do need to get a little bit of tax out of people, I think that an estate tax would make sense only only because if they need to gain money somehow, then that is essentially money that any person who is alive has not earned themselves. So I yeah, could but, see an but, estate but, but tax who, being sensible. Who, who should decide whether it's sensible or not? Like you know, if if the person well, who, by the people who and yeah, but the person who died is the one who owns the capital. If they deem it should go to a charity or a descendant or a you know son or daughter, then they're you might, presumably you might the have. most the most reasonable. Like that, they have the greatest claim to determine what should happen to it. No. Yeah, and you'll still have charities. You'll still have all these things. But but I do think that there there will be some form of centralization. I believe. I don't know how much it will be. I don't think it'll be much. It really won't be much. Um, but here's the other point, that, like if people disagree to the extent that people disagree, and I think most people would, because I don't think they'd be comfortable have, having someone else, you know, having your accrued capital just because you died, you know, the state takes it over, has a claim on it, even a partial one. But I think that's, you know, again, going back to the the things that Bitcoin permits is like, if people, if that were to be imposed and people disagreed with it, then they would just put their capital into something like Bitcoin and make sure that the state can't get their hands on it. So I don't think that's a viable... I mean, you'll always have people going outside the system. And I think that Bitcoin will allow for more of that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but but I, I, do, I do think there will need to be a little bit of centralization for certain things. And, and how they acquire that, how do they acquire that? And, and I think... By providing only... valuable services. Right? I mean, there's, well, of course, there's going to be some centralization. Yeah, but, but coercion is is probably going to be again over time. This so how do you decide how people pay? Right? 
if, if, there, if it's if, if there's centralized services i always give the example of roads um you, you know let's say there's a certain amount of centralized services H how do people decide how much they're paying what do you mean like if they're going to be a if they're going to join a jurisdiction there's, just roads. Or something there's like roads that? In, there's roads in my city yeah uh, how well, does the I mean, entities that make the roads get the money well i mean i guess it depends if they're pre-existing or if it's a new town or something like that but i i i think the scenario that will prevail in the future will be that people will be far more mobile right and so as a result they'll be able to you know pick up sticks and and settle in the jurisdiction that treats them best i mean we're seeing a version of that now with digital nomadism and and people living in different places and uh, I think they'll make those decisions and those jurisdictions will maybe have some sort of flat fee for people that want to domicile in them, or maybe they'll have, you know, a more, uh, a more uh, specific, you know, fee structure for different services and things like that. So well, I think that's what be... I'm talking about is a fee structure. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, it, so, so, so in my head though, in my head, the only two fees that make sense is like I say, an estate tax, because that person has lived their life. They have some capital left over. I think a portion of that could be, but 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 there will be other models, and that's okay. Uh, the the other one that I think is reasonable is some form of like a luxury sales tax, where like basically if you're consuming far far more than what you need as an individual, then maybe some of that you know if you're buying a yacht, you know maybe maybe you can actually afford to give a little more to your community than the average person. Um, and then things like food and, and, and everything else would have little to no tax whatsoever. So I think, you know, I thought those were probably the only two reasonable forms of taxes. One of my buddies challenged me and said, well, maybe a bit of property tax makes sense only because, again, with the roads, you want the area around your property to be somewhat maintained. And, and maybe, you know, you might have based on how much, you know, just to maintain the area around the area that, that you own, maybe a little bit there. Is, I don't know. But I, I do think that the regulation, the taxation, everything will need to be a fraction of what it is today. Um, and there will be different models, absolutely. And we might disagree on those models. And I think yeah. that that will be a lot of discovery because one of the things I heard recently, I think it makes a lot of sense. Like there is a risk going to Bitcoin because we don't know what it will look like because we've never had it yet. But all we know now is that the system is broken. So... So it's it's a far less risk than continuing on the path that we're on right now. Well, I totally I totally agree with you there. Know where this path leads? We've seen it before. Yeah, and we and I think you're right. We will see um, many different models because you know people that want to maximize, let's say, that the the possibilities that Bitcoin permits for privacy and for you know um, for making for you know making their capital basically off limits to anybody who you know, any involuntary sort of uh, encroachments on it, uh, then th those places will emerge where those people are catered to and, th and other people who don't have those considerations or who, you know, who aren't as uh, offended by, you know, certain taxation uh, regimes, then they'll stay within certain, certain jurisdictions. So, I mean, what we're talking about here is probably going to play out over, we'll continue playing out right over hundreds of years. Yes. And so we'll, we'll see how it goes, but um but I think it's yeah, and, it's interesting and, and now mean, that that there's that there's a tool that exists that allows for you know the maximization of an, a person's ability to say no, no to that taxation, no to you know whatever is going to be imposed on them, and then they have the capacity to leave and find a place where they're absolutely you know, where the, their laws are and, more. 
and you know maybe this is a little bit of a transition into sovereign craft um full disclaimer there will be a sales tax in sovereign craft (laughs) 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 but 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 you know again like uh, it's really interesting because when you have a digital monetary medium uh it allows for things that we haven't been able to do before so with all of these ideas, uh, you know, ultimately, I fully realize that, and as much as this sounds like a Ponzi, it absolutely is not, but I fully realize that the only way for Bitcoin to be what it could be is for all the plebs, all the people who are maximalists to tell one person at a time. This is going to happen bottom up, which is perfect. It should happen bottom up. If it happens top down, the distribution will be far less appropriate. So I, I do see this bottom-up approach of, you know, uh, Bitcoin getting into the hands of people who need it most, and and slowly making its way up from the bottom, from the plebs up to the top, and like, in some ways, it's really interesting because you look at the game theory aspect, and I mean, the United States could print a trillion dollars tomorrow if they wanted to, which is far more than the market cap of Bitcoin. So in some ways, it's not really a threat to them yet. But it kind of is, and, and and it's kind of it's interesting how it's all playing out. But what what I realized here in in as it continues to be adopted, when someone goes maxi, they generally don't go back. I'm at a point now where any new um, savings that I have will go directly into Bitcoin and nothing else, and it will continue to do that. Um, so if we can get more people to think the same way, uh, and the whole idea of hodl never sell, sell basically. Um, until it actually can be used as money, then that's the way that Bitcoin allows for all of the promises of low time preference, uh, which extends far beyond just money. It extends on to society, extends on to how people think about their lives. Um, I truly do believe that unsound money is the root of all evil. So from there, it's how, how, how do we orange pill more people? And with me, with my kids, with Minecraft and being a systems administrator, I, w- I was realizing that more and more, as everyone can be their own bank, you're going to see really interesting things happen. Um, the company I currently work for can do upwards of, let's say, $10 million in sales uh, in a weekend. So about half of that tends to be credit cards, so about $5 million. You take about um, uh, 1% of that $5 million, and you've got $50,000. Well, if they can save the credit card fees of $50,000 per weekend, there's going to be a very um, high desire for them to self-custody and have a lightning note so that they're not relying on anyone else. And we're gonna see this more and more is that businesses especially will run lightning notes. We will see that employers will run, those same businesses will probably offer um, the ability to receive your paycheck in their own lightning node. And if you want to transfer the money out, you can. And if not, they just keep it there in their node. So it's going to get really different. The, the idea of a bank account when everyone can be their own bank is, is going to appear very, very different in some ways. Totally. So before um, you go on, before you go on, just yeah. a final question on what we were talking about. And it's obviously I I agree, but I'd just like to get your more specifics on it. What What do you mean when you say unsound money is the root of of all evil why do you why do you believe that <laughs> well there's there is the expression of money is the root of all evil right 
And especially with the Bitcoin standard, whenever I was reading about, about time preference. Is it, sorry to interrupt, is it money or is it the love of money is the root of all evil? I think sometimes it gets- That's butchered, right, the think, love of, yeah. yeah. Whichever. For the purposes of this conversation, that's not overly important. But, <laughs> but, but the, way, the way I see the world going is we're going towards a more and more high time preference society. You look at kids today, they're addicted to the dopamine that's released every time they go on their electronic mm -hmm. device, their phone. You know, we have people who, you know, um, uh, Safety in his book um, talks about how a lion only compare, uh, cares about its next meal, where a bird has a lower time preference because it will build a nest for its young. And we should have the lowest time preferences as humans. But what are we doing? We're actually consuming before we even put in the work. We're worse than the line in many ways. And, you know, with credit. So you, you look at the way that that causes disordered thought. People are not willing today, in my opinion, to put in the effort before they receive their reward. And that makes us a little more than animals. What differentiates us from animals? I mean, I'm also a man of faith. I won't get into that. But, but you know, like, our cognition, our ability to hopefully be able to override some of our tendencies. Like, why is fasting a good thing? Fasting is a good thing because it orders yourself to overcome your natural desires, which makes us more human. That, that, that consciousness, that ability to deny oneself on purpose for the good of tomorrow. I have five children, right? Like, like I got to think about their futures. I got to think about many things. And when the actual medium of exchange, we are social beings, when that medium of exchange is raised to an extremely high time preference, I believe that it devolves humanity to a little more than that of animals. And, and Bitcoin, Bitcoin's lowered time preference because it has the ability to store value. And as human productivity increases, it will actually take less and less hours to receive the same amounts of goods and services through technology and innovation it, it, it does throw the idea of high, high time preference on its head where everything becomes low time preference because the more we can put off today, the more we can have tomorrow. And that makes all of us better people. Yep. I agree. So, so, so sovereign craft, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get the sovereign craft here. We, sure. We've been going pretty good, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what the limits are, but, but um, no limits. anyways, with, with sovereign craft, um, the idea there was, you know, my kids were playing on some Minecraft servers. I was on some Minecraft servers and Minecraft is, is a game that in addition to being like Lego and like a, a little bit of physics, like what I say, um, it, it's also very open. It's designed in Java and people can make their own plugins. It's encouraged for people to make their own plugins. Um, and, and people have added onto this game and some of these uh, servers have an economy plugin and you basically have funny money in the game. Maybe you go to someone's website who operates a server. That's how they make their money. You pay them four bucks. You get a whole bunch of items or some in-game money that you can transact with. Um, and people have different forms of money. Some people just use the diamonds in the game as the form of money. Some people use a dollar value. And with the things I was learning about lightning, I was like, well, why, why not have Bitcoin inside a video game? Um, we do have other cryptocurrencies, which again, as I said earlier, the 
detract, like distract from Bitcoin and, and, and delay its adoption. And with how important I see Bitcoin being, I think that we need more examples in the gaming space of Bitcoin, not crypto, <laughs> um, as a unit of account. I think that SAT should be the only unit of account. Video game, real life, I don't care where it is. We got a unit of value that's programmable, and there's no reason why that unit should not persist across everything. So, um, so yeah, my idea was, well, how reasonable is it to tie Satoshis into Minecraft um, as the unit of account? So if a person is playing Minecraft and they're just into architecture, they just want to build an amazing home in Minecraft, maybe they pay some kid who is down in, in the mines of Minecraft getting diamonds and getting iron and getting whatever else this person needs, and they can pay them a buck or two um, so that they can build their creation and interact online and kind of creates a little bit of a dynamic economy. And people are already spending money in Minecraft, but it's kind of clunky because you use your, your currency of your money and you credit cards in there and everything else, which is hard for children, especially. They don't have credit cards. So they got to bug their, their parents for money and, <laughs> and whatever else to get these in-game you know, items because they don't want to spend five hours mining for iron or whatever else it might be. And, and you know, there's parts of the world that, that make very little money. And, and Bitcoin is the great equalizer. You know, there's parts of the world that people are making 10, 20, 30 dollars a month. You know, if, if they can find themselves an old machine and Minecraft is a very easy to run. I'm actually running this avatar right now from a built-in Intel graphics card. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take too much um, horsepower. Starlink's coming into the scene. You know, all these things are creating more accessibility. And for someone... It, you know, I, I am in North America, like for someone in Canada, United States or whatever, to pay a dollar to someone who spent a few hours doing something in Minecraft, or maybe they'll even pay them to build their house. Who knows? You know, like all, all of these things are possible and it's a great equalizer. So, you know, with my children, they have Bitcoin wallets and there are ways to get free Satoshis. You know, Bitcoin rocks is, is, uh, is an excellent way. They have stickers. But if you kind of do a little bit of guerrilla marketing and put up their Bitcoin doesn't have inflation stickers, you get 21,000 sats uh, per sticker that you post up. Um, you know, there's uh, things like Carrot app, which allows you to read Bitcoin articles and get five sats per article. Um, and, and then in game, you can then, because you're safe, everything in the game will have real value. So let's say you teleport in game. Well, that saves you time of otherwise walking. Well, maybe that costs you five or 10 sats in game, mm -hmm. which helps fund the server. But all the person has to do is read a quick Bitcoin article. So now it's encouraging education to then get your sats that you can then transfer into the game, uh, into your in-game lightning wallet, and then use the, that value in game to perform different tasks. Um, I intend on Sovereign Craft being a very big educational platform. So on these servers, you, s you usually start in something called a lobby where you can join multiple different worlds with different properties. And in this lobby, I'm going to put a lot of content in there where we'll have links to the Bitcoin standard. We'll, we'll have, you know, um, a whole area that shows people, you know, you might go into a house and there'll be all, you know, one house will be like get free sats and you go inside this house and you're interacting in this digital world and you're clicking on links which bring you to the apps that give you your free sats and 
it just creates a little bit more of a dynamic way to interact with the in-game chat and walking around. And I'm hoping that we'll get, you know, more and more plebs in there, even if they don't have an interest in Minecraft to develop more content and, and just get things going. Um, you know, you can even put books right into Minecraft. So for people in countries that don't have access to certain things or certain things are restricted, there's actually a Minecraft server out there um, that is done by uh, Reporters Without Borders, and it's an online um, library of restricted uh, right. materials. Right, about that. Yes, so, so, you know, it's already out there and it's running and they can't stop it. So, so then I start thinking of all these things. I'm like, it's really hard to stop a video game because it's not a direct threat, let's say. But if you can go into Sovereigncraft and read the Bitcoin standard right in Sovereigncraft, um, Save Dean has actually encouraged piracy of his book as long as it's the right version because he just wants people to know about Bitcoin. So there, you know, we can put some of these things in game. Um, and, and, and this has the ability to go anywhere. Like I, I even went as far as thinking, what if we did have the web portal like the other servers? What, what if we had it so that someone could buy in-game sovereign craft bucks, which just happens to be Satoshis, but people aren't buying Bitcoin, they're buying sovereign craft bucks. How much harder would that be for a government to legislate? How much there harder would that be for, you know? Now so it's talking. like, oh, no, they're not <laughs> buying Bitcoin. You know, that person in India, no, they bought sovereign craft bucks. Oh, they can transfer that sovereign craft bucks out into Bitcoin, but I'm not going to police that. That's up to the government. Oh, is the government going to join my server to figure out? I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I think that blurring the lines mm. that much more will cause a healthy amount of confusion. Because when, when does value become a cryptocurrency or Bitcoin? When does value, by the definition of government, become illegal? And I think the way that they're, the things that they're trying to do from a fundamental perspective does not make sense. And I think that Bitcoin can, uh, sorry, sovereign craft can, um, uh, can assist in this. You know, it, it can be one of those challengers. It can be one of those things where it's like, you can go on here, you can educate, you can interact, you can play, you can transact, and nothing can stop that. Yeah. So what do, what do we have so far? So currently, it is just me making this. I have no team. I am a pleb, and I am not rich. I would love people to get involved. Um, they can reach out to me on Twitter. Um, I need a website. I need, you know, I need the I I need people who love Minecraft and will go in game and help create content. I want this to be a community of people all contributing, um, and and it is happening already now in game. Um, someone can join the lobby. Let's say their Lightning account automatically gets created. They automatically get a hundred sats put into that wallet, and if they do slash web wallet in the game as a command in the chat, they'll get a link to their wallet that they can generate an invoice to withdraw or deposit. Uh, all of that is working. We don't have yet um, all the things put into the game so that people can transact in game, um, like let's say an auction house plugin, a store, all those things are coming, but it's, it's happening fast. Um, you know, I personally did not know Java four months ago. <laughs> and, 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 you know, uh, 
we already have, you know, a server that's fully integrated now with Bitcoin Lightning and a wallet that works. So I'm not stopping. And, uh, and this, this might be a stupid be question, but are there ways for these servers to be, because, you know, again, the, the choke point, one, I think it's awesome, right? And I think, you know, a lot is made of this notion of uh, Bitcoin bringing cost to, you know, the digital realm and therefore kind of making it more real. Um, and then, of course, as you say, like people can uh, come in and they can interact in these spaces anonymously, whether you're a journalist or whomever, and you can transact Absolutely. anonymously and nobody, you know, nobody's the wiser. And it's just impossible to regulate that stuff. Part of the choke point is, you know, who, who's the server? Who's providing, you know, the initial liquidity? Who's managing the wallet balances? Who, who, who you know, yeah. where is this, this so, server instance located? And so is that able to be obfuscated sufficiently so that, you know, there's, there's genuine total? Not entirely, here? no. So right now, actually, if you were to go on to uh, like mempool.space and go to um, go to the, the beta lightning uh, map and you were to look at a little place called Calgary, uh, Alberta, Canada, <laughs> you will see a lightning node that called Sovereign Craft. <laughs> um, so no, it cannot be completely obfuscated because um, uh, th there's a few reasons for that. Number one, the Tor network is very slow for Lightning. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great for an individual who really wants to transact anonymously. It's great for that. But for actually operating the Lightning network, it needs to be on ClearNet. Otherwise, you get far too much latency. You know, we don't want seconds of delay whenever you're transacting in a store. And if every Lightning node was on Tor, it would take many, many seconds just to hop from node to node to get to its destination. Yeah. So, so no, lightning nodes, when they are custodial, um, do have a certain amount of exposure there. The server as well right now um, is, is hosted um, not in the cloud. So, yeah, you, you can see that same IP address. The, the, no, the lightning node is local to the server, and it will remain as such for, the own, for its own security, because I am doing direct calls to that node. Um, so that when you're in game, those transactions don't leave the node, which means every transaction in game is 100% free of fees, which is important because these are going to be a lot of microtransactions. If you're teleporting and I'm only charging 10 sats for a teleport, well, I, I don't want, you know, one of those sats to, to end up being burned at some provider. Uh, mm -hmm. There will be a disclaimer on the server that this is not intended to be a custodial lightning service yet that might be in the future as of right now there will be no insurance for lost funds which is no worse than any other server sure, other servers sure. if you pay four dollars for some in-game features and that server goes away the next day you have no recourse <laughs> so mm -hmm. this is the added ability to withdraw um we're going to start with a relatively low liquidity uh but that node is public so people can go and I will have links um, to show what the balance is on that node. And then based on the balance and how many players people can do, I, I might put something in there that will tabulate all of the player balances and just put like a lump sum so that people can compare the lump sum of all player balances to the actual liquidity on the Lightning node. Uh, I do want transparency, absolutely. At the right. same time, you know, one step at a time. Um, yeah. If this becomes such that people are using it as a bridge to get into Bitcoin, although I don't recommend that, 
um, you know, there will need to be more liquidity, uh, obviously, and mm. there will be more balances going through there in larger amounts. But ultimately, not your keys, not your coins. Yeah. And, I, and, and I would hope that the that people do not intend to use a video game as their primary bank account. <laughs> um, you know, it is really cool, though, that a person could have items for sale in Sovereign Craft. They can sync that wallet to Blue Wallet or Zeus. They can go out to a store that accepts Bitcoin and buy a coffee three seconds after they sell some diamonds in-game when they're not even logged into the game. Yeah. That is really cool. It's super. So, I mean, that that's what I was going to ask you next. It's like, I don't think people appreciate just what kind of a weird change that's going to be, you know, like even, <laughs> I don't know, like let's whatever game it is, Mario and you eat the mushroom or GTA and you, you know, you kill the bad guy, whatever it is. And like money pops up. And instead of that, just being relative, like pointless money, it's, you know, you, you can get a better gun in the game or you, you know, powered up or an extra life. It's actual real world money. And there's, we all have to appreciate, and most people don't, that there is no greater incentive than, you know, dominant money in the world, which Bitcoin is obviously aspiring to become. And so that means like, you know, how much more engaging do these games become? How much more time do people spend in them? And there's pros and cons to that. You know, how much more development gets put into them? How much more possibilities are built into them when, when the, the unit of account in these things is not only transferable between them all, but transferable in and in and out of the dig- the so-called digital realms to be used in in meat space world, where it is, again, the dominant incentive that there is. I mean, I, it, I it's I think it's a way underappreciated. Uh, yeah, shift. like like it's wild, you know. My my eleven um, year old child um, is pretty orange pilled, and 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 she has nice. a lot of friends who play. Minecraft, but they don't understand Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And she's telling them that her dad is making, you know, uh, a Minecraft server that will have Bitcoin integration. They're very, really excited about it. And there's just one school. There's just one person in one school telling a few friends about it. And they're like, wow, that sounds so... And they don't even have Bitcoin wallets and they won't need them. The moment you join the game with absolutely no interaction, you join this server. And the second you join it, you have a Bitcoin wallet. And if you go slash web wallet, you can use that in a browser. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, it's zero, it's zero, it's, it's zero barrier to entry. It's not even downloading an app. It's just, you're already playing Minecraft. Join the server. Whoop, you're in Bitcoin. You have a hundred sats. You are officially in the Bitcoin network. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's incredible. And I, I think we will see this more and more. And, and because lightning is not blockchain, it allows for developers to build on top of it very easily because it's a bank ultimately. So how much do you trust your bank, right? Like, and, and I will have documentation saying what security I'm taking right now. <laughs> I will say, you know, my lightning node is not encrypted at rest. I want it encrypted at rest and it will be soon. But as I develop, you know, so, so as it grows and as the features, you know, get larger, there will be a lot of transparency in exactly what we do to ensure that keys are safe, ensure that the, the that there's encryption at rest. So if someone were to break into the facility where this is hosted, that they would get unintelligible information. You know, I, I will still put those things in there um, sure. to, for, for, for 
transparency purposes. But ultimately, yeah. for the amounts involved right intended. now, people, yeah, people aren't going to be too concerned with. I mean, it's great that you're considering it already, and that you know, I think that's the way things should go. But at least right now, I'm sure the amounts people, you know, kind of expect that. Uh, you know, maybe you maybe you lose yeah. the few thousand sats you accumulated in, in your wallet in the game. But the broader should be picture, crappy, but <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. You know, it's always a tragedy when you lose any amount of sats. But it, I mean, just th I mean, think of all the possibilities here. You know, like as you mentioned, people in you know a developing country of some kind, not only can they enter the digital economy, but now the digital economy is you know, it's when you're playing games, it's when you're, it's when you're on social media, it's when you're performing some sort of task in the digital environment, and you don't need ID, you don't need a bank account, you don't need, you know, credentials of any kind, they're just, you just enter the space, and there's basically sats up for grabs, and how do you get them? Is it because you're skilled in a game? Is it because you're skilled in some sort of task that someone needs done, and they're paying sats for? Like, it's just the bridge between the two domains, and then the just the explosion of, of opportunity and the and the dramatic minimization of friction between it all. It's, I mean, again, I don't think we can really comprehend the kind of effects this is going to have. You know, we're just scratching, you know, kind of blindly at the surface as this thing is just beginning to develop. But I, I it's, it's such a paradigm and shift. It's about that, getting the kids on, right? Like, if we can get the kids in. <laughs> it's always about Bitcoin. getting the kids. Get the kids hooked. Well, well seriously, right? Like, Oh, I'm serious like how, too. Like, how, what do you think McDonald's policy was? You know, it's always like, you yeah, know, get them, yeah. get them while they're young. Yeah, and 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 ultimately, Bitcoin will benefit the future generation more so than ours. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can, uh, I, I mean, I uh, can show you a very rough, um, a very rough idea here of what sure. we're looking at. Sure. Um, I, I was not planning to do this, but hey, let's. Uh, Let's be a little bit rebellious. Can I share my screen? Share screen. Ah, you disabled that. It's annoying. Oh, let me see if I can undisable that. May. Might not be able to do that while. That's that's okay, um, but yeah, ultimately there's not much there yet either way. Um, technically, the server's online. Technically, people could find it if they're uh, <laughs> if they're ambitious, but there's not much to it. Um, but but you know, the beginning is there. The bridge is there, um, and on, honestly, all the stuff that is unique to this server is already done. So now it's just about building Minecraft server. I want Minecraft people. I want, you know, Bitcoin people. I, I want people in game to just start building out content. Like, yeah, like if you someone should... is an architect and wants to build a cool looking home, you know, uh, I can import that. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, let's, let's, start, let's start getting it going to create an attractive environment for people to interact. Totally. Um, you, should, you should be able to um, share the screen now. If you want to give it one I'll more, have to try and re I'll have to try and reload the game here. Let's see if I can get that going. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's going to be a good example of what can be done. I don't think that I think every multiplayer game that has any type of in-game economy should be Satoshi based. 
totally. there's no reason not to at this point. Yeah. And again, how, so, how much does that change gaming in general? I think it's, it's a huge change. Like all, all, all those internal gaming economies that were basically only relevant to, well, themselves, self-referential or, you know, now are relevant across all games and across all, you know, across everywhere where transactions take place in the digital realm and, and outside of it. It's remarkable. And the frustrating thing is everyone's making these gaming tokens. And, right. and it's like, right. uh, why do you need a gaming token? Like, if you have a layer two non-blockchain-based unit of account, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, like all all of these other currencies just detract from, uh, yeah. Amen. From, uh, but I think be. I think there's uh, well, a lot of people haven't reached that conclusion yet. And then, of course, there's the huge incentive of launching your own token and, you know, the value, you know, how you can enrich, enrich yourself by doing that. And that's definitely the motivation a lot of the time too. All right. Here's, here's the humble beginnings here. Humble beginnings. Uh, if I don't get any errors, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be hilarious if I just crashed out. But I mean, this is like pre-alpha. So um, in, in addition, my webcam combined with my um, game, because I have a crummy computer. Uh, it's going to be quite slow, very slow. Look at this, I can't even render. Wonderful. See this? <laughs> It'll come in. Um, this is my computer. There we go. There we go. Here we go. So here I, here I am in game, right? Um, if I go slash balance, uh, um, it will say here that I have um, 100 Satoshis. There it is. Uh, the text is ugly. I got to clean everything up. You know, we're just getting started. Sure, sure. But, um, you know, so so there we have 100 sats. I go slash web wallet. Um, it's going to pull up in the chat. Click here for your web wallet. We click there. Sends me to a URL. And then that URL looks like this. Uh, here's my Sovereign Craft web wallet. We can create an invoice. Uh, so if I want to put money into the game, I can just go unit. You can pick your, your currency or you can keep it in Satoshis. Uh, I want to put, let's say, a thousand sats in here. Um, I can put the memo or whatever, create invoice. The person now were to scan this with another uh, Lightning wallet, they would transfer money into the game. That easy. Um, you can scan as well if you're on the phone on this website um and then inside here this is using ln bits which is a great um a, a great tool that another developer has made for lightning mm-hmm. but if uh we were to enable lnd hub which is for blue wallet and zeus um we could now i'm not going to click this because it's going to show uh, some sensitive information right but you would be able to click lnd hub um and then synchronize this wallet with um with the server essentially so actually i'm thinking now i can i'm gonna have to delete this anyway because this is sensitive <laughs> the, the whole the whole way that this is um as you saw there was no using our password so this actual url is sensitive someone could get into this right now mm-hmm. so i'll just delete this afterwards um but anyways in lnd hub this is your read only qr code this is your uh read write qr code 
So if you were to then put this into Blue Wallet and just scan this, this would allow people to then interact with this wallet directly in Blue Wallet or Zeus. So that, nice. that's the beginnings, you know, it's the, it's the full integration from there. You'll have commands like send, um, but ultimately within the game, you'll be able to um, transact with others. So I, it's, I think, I think it's awesome. Like I, I, I'm not a gamer at all, but again, I mean, I would be way more compelled to look at a game, what, whether it's, you know, Minecraft or any sort of other game, if I knew that Satoshis were the in-game currency, if that's what I got for performing well or for, you know, killing the bad yeah, guys yeah. or whatever it is. Um, have you looked into what, you know, companies like Zebedee and some others in the space are doing in terms of- I have. Trying that's, to- That's why I specifically those... mentioned these other tokens. Because Zebedee does not work directly with Lightning. Um, it, it, it gets into the world of shitcoinery very quickly. Really? And I just want something completely separated from that. Um, also, their their platform is more how does, complex than it needs. How to does be. it get into shitcoinery? I'm not familiar with it. Um, <laughs> I didn't look into it much. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll tell you the truth there. But very quickly, it it got overly complex, and I believe that I might be wrong on this. I believe that the unit of account is not Bitcoin. Um, I didn't think so. Um. But, but, but ultimately it was unrequired either way. Um, yeah, like, like they say here, powering real economies and virtual worlds. Um, and, and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, I just don't think it's needed. I thought that, I thought their whole thing was bringing sats to games basically. Hmm. And I don't, I, I don't want to be the, you know, I don't want to misinform or whatever anyone. So let's take these, uh, assumptions with yeah, the we'd have to, direct, we'd definitely direct people have to, to do their own research. Off. Yes, absolutely. I, I was, I did look at it quickly, but ultimately with what was already available in the Lightning ecosystem, um, and especially with LN bits, just didn't see a need for it. Right. Um, just do your how, own. How, how are these guys making money? I don't know. Um, and and it was just one extra layer that wasn't needed either way. Yeah. Ulti yeah. Ultimately, what, what I am looking to do over time, in addition to Sovereign Craft, is I see the need for all of these lightning banks to be part of our world. And I do think that getting to be a developer in the lightning ecosystem will be very, very, uh, it'll, it'll be an advantageous career choice, put it that way. Totally. Because um, everyone's going to want to be their own bank. Um, mm -hmm. and, and when that starts to happen, lightning development will be huge. So are um, you are you hoping that this project turns into, you know, a going concern as a as a business, and you can devote increasingly more of your time to it? Absolutely, or? yeah. I, I mean, I, I would ideally like it to be profitable to a point of of me being able to do this full time. Um, I, I I don't know how much <laughs> you, you know it's going to be a live economy. How much sales tax will people tolerate? How much? And I'm going to try. You know, probably going to put in a five percent. Uh, transaction fee if you're using any of the in-game features like let's say uh, uh, like an auction house and that will go towards helping fund the server and and my time um, and you know that that might go up or down or whatever like if, I'm just going to try and be reasonable with it yeah. but ultimately you know I'm hopeful that over time if this is a successful project it will open doors um, and and you know this will be a a growing thing that will yeah be able to challenge people in many different ways, you know, what, 
I have I have other ideas too. This is this is only one of them. Um, there's specifically one idea that I'm not not ready to make public yet that that I think would be really attractive to people involving lightning as well. Yeah. So you know, well, it's, con it's contrary to our our discussion, you know, about taxation and stuff in the meat space world earlier on. I mean, I think one of the interesting, you know, the nature of, of digital landscapes and, and doing things in this world is that, you know, iteration happens far more quickly and competition as a result uh, is probably far more fierce, right? It's much more difficult to put moats around things. And, you know, I obviously see that as a good thing, but it does mean that, um, well, you, you got to earn your, your keep, basically. You earn the sure. stats that you get. And you know, one you, other idea, and this is not, um, th this is not uh, something that, it's just something I'm considering. Um, as I said, when you join into these Minecraft servers, you usually start off in the lobby. And and that is done with, you know, certain aspect of these servers that allow you to essentially proxy your connection to multiple different ser servers. I have thought that if this gains traction and one of the major barriers to entry is managing the node and having all the right things in place, and if Sovereigncraft does become a more trusted custodial account, then I could open this up to other Minecraft developers, and then Sovereigncraft will essentially not become the server that users are playing in, but more so the server that is the conduit or the hub to many other people's servers. So they can run a SATS-based Minecraft economy very easily, mm. and it would just plug into my hub. And then I would take a very small fee in that case, um, and, and they would be able to manage their own economy and their own games. So there, there's lots of opportunity here where this could become almost like a hosting platform of, right. of sorts. Right. Um, how do you, how do you think bringing Sats into the gaming realm or into the digital world like this, this kind of seamless integration? How do you think, if at all, it will change kind of the nature of gaming? And I'll just give you some context on that question. Like, if it turns out that the integration with Sats makes a particular game extremely popular and it's kind of a feedback right like oh more people are here the game is more interesting it's more compelling therefore it's the, you know the economy in the game becomes more robust and that's a self-reinforcing feedback loop of bringing more people in um and that game being the one that people are drawn to because they can make the most money in it and it's the most entertaining and all that stuff how do you think that extra la layer of incentive will influence you know the gaming paradigm in terms of maybe concentrating more of the resources in the hands of fewer winners or will it have the opposite effect or do you have any sort of insights in how you think that will pan out i, I think the sky's the limit you know like everything that can be done in a real world if the game is more of a sandbox based game like minecraft can ultimately be done in the digital world um max crazier the other day <laughs> put out a tweet and I put a same shameless plug that maybe he could donate to, to Sovereign Craft, but, but he, he said uh, something effect of how he should hide 10 Bitcoin somewhere in El Salvador uh, to, to promote, you know, like a scavenger hunt. And mm. I was thinking like, you could have a philanthropist person, a philanthropist uh, go into the game and we could have tickets in the game that give you sats and you could hide these tickets throughout the digital world. Mm. And, and, you know, people would have to find these tickets and redeem them. For, so you know you could have a scavenger hunt in the game why the heck not right for mm -hmm. real money you could have and like if two people want to transact in an anonymous way they could both log into a server like this and interact with one another 
and establish a, God forbid, I call it a smart contract <laughs> that, <laughs> that has something built into the game. Um, you know, like, like the bridge between digital and real money creates the ability to create a bridge between the digital world and the real world. Exactly. And, and this is a tangible example of how these lines are going to become more and more blurred. Where that goes in the future, I mean, I'm, I'm perhaps not that creative to come up with because it's, it's, it's wild. Um, Yeah. It makes me, it it makes me think of, um, as I'm sure it does for many people, but you know, ready player one where the, basically that's what's happened there. Now it's a bit more, uh, you know, the, the real world has descended into, uh, a kind of dystopian sort of place, which, you know, sure. maybe sure. the case, because when the possibilities and the, op- as we've been discussing, the possibilities and the opportunities in the digital realm are beginning, are going to become so amplified. There's going to be an explosion, right? Like the, you know, what, what are the limits of the digital world? Basically the limits of your imagination ultimately. And once those become real, i.e., through the you know integration and infusion of Satoshi, a real world money that can cross those, you know, cross that divide, doesn't it seem reasonable to think that people are going to be so much more drawn, so much more incentivized to engage and spend time in those environments? And so what is that going to mean for the contrast between the digital environments where people spend time and the meat space or so-called real environments where people spend time? And I'm hopeful that it'll actually, you know, what's most valuable about the digital realm will be made apparent and as a result what's most valuable about meat space realm will be made apparent but of course you can go the other way and say meat space will be neglected and will become somewhat you know dystopian and gray in contrast or in comparison to what the digital realms are able to provide and that might create a well somewhat of a schism like in in ready player one where you have like the fantastical everything's possible world and the dystopian hyper-controlled you know, impoverished sort of uh, meat space world. We shall yeah, and see. I th- and, I, and, I, and I think the the one thing we really have going for us again comes back to time preference. I I can't overstate how important I believe time preferences and how much you know we have people like Elon Musk talking about the woke mind virus. I don't want to get too political, but like I do believe that one area of let's say like a method of thought can extend out to other areas. And again, like the exchange of goods and services is such a key part to humanity's evolution that I I really think the lowered time preference will make people connect and meet space um, much more. You know, um, I think there will still be video games. There'll still be people having fun. But when you're thinking longer term, I think there's a very natural um, tendency to not squander one's time quite so much and not think about the immediate gratification and think a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what we'll have going for us. Because otherwise, what's going to stop us from just staying on the dopamine drip, you know, like a WALL-E type future. Uh, If anyone's watched the movie WALL-E, my gosh, you know, a whole bunch of people with almost no bones that are just surrounded by blubber and drinking out of a, a slurpy cup and watching funny videos all day. Like that's a very high time preference activity. Totally. Um, and I, that's why I think 
in my two hypothetical scenarios there, I lean towards the former because I do think both for that reason and how it changes people's time preference and as a result helps clarify value generally in people's minds. Like what it, what is it that's most valuable? What is it that's most deserving of my attention and my resources? And I just feel like that clarity, that sort of lens will be effective in both domains. And that that's why I think, you know, what's valuable and possible in the digital realm or possible valuable about it will be clarified, made more apparent, made, you know, amplified, made more valuable. And the same will be true for meat space. We will have greater clarity on like what is really uniquely va valuable about the meat space realm and therefore what is deserving of our time and intention and resources there. And I think ideally that's how we get the best of both worlds. And it's, we get the best of both worlds via this mechanism that changes our perception in that way that clarifies value for us, that instills a lower time preference and all the other things that we know Bitcoin does. And so, you know, again, B Bitcoin fixes this and, and, I, uh, I'm hopeful that that's the way it's going to turn out, but like all things, the initial periods might be a little bit rocky because we'll probably, well, it's all novel, right. And it's going to take some time for us to adjust to it and find the proper balance, you know, uh, between yeah. what, what emerges. Well, yeah. And, and, and the simple things like how much sales tax is tolerated to support a, a, a gaming server. I don't know the answer to that question. Um, it, it is novel. Everything's novel at this point. So you know, similar to the, the, dare I say, argument we had about how to, um, you know, maintain infrastructure in the real world. I, I, I don't know yet what's going to be tolerated in, in a world where the vast majority of capital is sovereign to the individual. Yeah. Um, how, how is the tolerance for making sure things stay running? It's, it's all interesting. It's all very. And I, I think, you know, the, the punchline is, is Bitcoin allows you to have a form of capital that makes all exchange far more, if not completely, but far more consensual than it ever has been. And so then it's just a matter of, well, what do people value and who's providing that value and, you know, how much do they value? And, 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 and it might even be like, for instance, in Minecraft, when you die, um, some servers allow a command slash back which allows you to get right back to where you were when you died, which usually allows you to get most of your items back. Well, now these items are going to have real value. Now, are people more tolerant to have a sales tax on every transaction that's low? Or are they more tolerant to have a very high fee for using something like Slashback? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think actually, the more I think about it, and partially only due to this discussion and where we went with it, you know, again, this might be a little bit of a hint as to what this might look like in the real world going forward as well. What, what people tolerate in a digital game will probably be very similar to what people tolerate in the real world. And the more that we can bring in these economies that require a certain amount of centralization just to keep things running, you know? Um, how, yeah, how does that look? I, I don't know, you know, like in the real world, we have lots of differences in societies. We, we have, you know, like just between Canada where I am and the United States, our healthcare system looks very different and there are some advantages to each one uh, without going too deep into it. Uh, and, and, you know, people will argue for each. Yeah. So, well, so think... you know, this, this will, this will, the decentralization of money, it's going to cause that same discovery to happen in many new areas that we've never had to consider before because they could just inflate it and hide it.
Totally. And to the point earlier about the, the capacity to iterate more quickly in the digital realms, that may be a means by which you can get greater clarity about what, you know, what solutions to pursue or what solutions to at least try out in, in meat space, because now that the digital digital realm has a similar cost, a cost that's, you know, akin to the cost in the real well, real realm, like a real energetic cost to activity, then that those iterations that you make in the digital realm are far more relevant to their, you know, their counterpart, let's say in meat space realm, not equivalent, of course, but yeah. probably yeah. far more likely to be applicable in some capacity. And so that, that bodes well too, because you can, as you say, you can iterate on all this stuff. And I think part of maybe our initial uh, disagreement and and a distinction that will probably be made clear as these iterations happen is what's the difference between a tax and a fee? Like a flat fee sure. is a flat fee a tax. And I, I'd say like a lot of people probably distinguish in one is non-voluntary or non-consensual. And so there's, you know, basically two primary ones, the inflation tax, which most people aren't really don't really know about. And so it's, it's, it's not really consensual there. And then a direct tax, which people are kind of forced to acquiesce to because you don't really have much choice in, in how much you pay. And so if we are dealing with a money where it's far more difficult to extract it without that consensual uh, agreement, then uh, I think we'll, we'll, there'll still be flat fees and there'll still be offerings that have that kind of structure, but they probably they'll need the voluntary cooperation. They'll need that consensual aspect of the person because they'll almost be impossible to extract or, or, or get otherwise. And so, you know, uh, it will be interesting to see both in both domains, how that attribute or quality of this, this new money influences business models, governance models, to what degree it fosters or, or, uh, or kind of disintegrates or disincentivizes centralization. I mean, all that stuff is now on the table. And that's what makes all this so exciting is like, we're really gonna make a lot of changes most likely to how we govern ourselves and how we transact with one another and how we ascribe, store, construe value in all sorts of different domains. And that's what makes this en endlessly exciting, you know? Like, and, and again, you, you, this, is, this conversation is a great example of how it's, we're just scratching the surface. I mean, like this whole, 10 years from now, sats and gaming, I presume will just be a, an obvious thing. Like, duh, mm -hmm. like, of course that was going to happen. But here we are just kind of right at the very beginning of it. And people don't even realize it yet. It's how can you not you be excited about to it? A video game character, you know, <laughs> yeah, in real time. Exactly. <laughs> like it, it, the, the world is changing so fast, you know, like yeah. the, the ability for a, a person to interact with a real time digital avatar on quite literally a computer I paid $50 for at a yard sale, you, you know, it's unheard of. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I mean, what the future is going to hold is going to be. And, you know, we're not set up for this currently, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting together with Lyle from Vita live uh, next week. And we'll be trying out his live streaming through Vita Live, and, and people will be able to send sats as we're live streaming the conversation. And of course, you can do that now with Podcasting 2.0, and you can send sats while you're listening and boost sats. Like, and all that is super novel. But again, it brings such a an added richness to this whole you know digital transformation or information technology transformation that's been unfolding over the last you know 20 or 30 years. And you know where it takes us. Like, I, I I don't think we can see too many steps, you know, in front of us because it's it's all so radically different. Absolutely. 
Well, Sabtoshi, any uh, closing remarks or anything you wanted to say or cover before we shut it down? No, I, th I think uh, it went everywhere we needed to go. And um, I, I think the, the future is bright. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think ultimately Bitcoin will win. I think that we will win one pleb at a time. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be just at a certain point. Um, and people will learn, you know, like uh, crypto was the necessary discovery um, in the creation of digital money. Like all of all of these alts or who or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, all, all of these other ones were necessary because it's the rapid, the, like you said, the, the, the rapid iteration, the rapid innovation. Um, People need to figure out what does and doesn't work. And mm -hmm. there will be dishonest actors. There will be people who take advantage of that. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, the, at least as far as history is concerned, strong money wins. Yeah. And, and oft oftentimes, yeah. you know, pain is the best teacher. You kind of have to touch the stove. You have to get a little wrecked to realize, you know, what the, the truth of a matter is. And, uh, so I agree. I mean, all this was, was, I think, kind of inevitable, but I, I think it's great that it seems to be. I mean, I'm sure we, we still have lots of uh, uh, shitcoinery to, to <laughs> muddle through, and there's probably going to, you know, I don't know what the next craze is going to be, but it, it, every day, as you say, more and more individuals, one by one, people are, are waking up to the real story here and the real significance and the real value. And, you know, that's how we win, ultimately, just drip by drip until... It's a flood, yeah. basically. And, and, so. and, and ultimately, I, as ironic as this sounds, but when the mainstream educational system, um, like when Bitcoin is so obvious that it actually begins being taught in a way that is not corrupt, because at a certain point, if it continues the way it's going, you know, you look at a place like El Salvador, they're educating their people correctly on Bitcoin. So cool. And, 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 and when... And when it gets to such a point where the main stream um, educational system is educating properly, because why aren't we educated properly today? Because they need inflation, because of how the structure of the taxation system is. They rely more on inflation than tax. So they can't teach us about money right now. Because if they teach us about money, they lose their main funding. form of funding. Mm -hmm. So the, there is a necessity there to keep things obfuscated where with the Bitcoin standard, there won't be, um, you know, here in Canada, we have uh, Pierre Polyev who is trying to be prime minister and, and he he's orange pilled. I, I know he is. Mm -hmm. um, if he's lying, then my gosh, he is the most corrupt person I can imagine because all the things he's saying is right. And in our language. Yeah. And I met with him one on one. And I had to wait a very long time because the lineup was many hours long. But I asked him one question. And I said, do you think that the population will be okay understanding that by the time you add up their income tax, their sales tax, their property tax, inflation, et cetera, et cetera, we're probably darn near a 60 or 70% tax on, on the people. Mm -hmm. Now, if we go to something like a Bitcoin standard, do you think people will be okay with like just like for like until we transition things properly 
Do you think they'll be okay with being taxed at 70%? Do you think they'll be happy with that? And his response was, I don't want people to be happy. I want people to know the truth. Mm -hmm. That's a great answer. And I think that that's okay. You know, like you're already being taxed to death. If what we need to do to transition to Bitcoin is to increase all the taxes temporarily to cover for all the crap that they're doing today before we like just to create the transparency like it's going to be no worse remove inflation increase your taxes if you have to just to have like for like today remove the big unknown variable and keep everything else running the way it is and well, that'll last such a short period of time because people will exactly, then say oh exactly. bitcoin helps me get out of this super tax <laughs> shitty situation i'm going to put all my money in bitcoin yeah and then all of a sudden it's like if the government needs funding they're going to have to be transparent about that. And people are going to have to agree to the tax that they're not agreeing to today. Oh, you want to pay everyone's freaking bills for education? That's this much tax, right? Like when they can no longer just inflate and they have to justify every spend and that becomes public, it's going to be like, well, and right now people aren't even looking into the Twitter files, it seems very much. But, you know, like there is going to be a massive amount of information that that has to be out there when we remove the ability for people to inflate their national currency. It will have to become transparent. And that's yeah. a good thing. You know, I people agree. won't like it. People will be angry. There will be a phase of anger. <laughs> because the government cannot adjust to how they would optimally be configured with Bitcoin without some kind of unrest, especially, especially in a more functional society, you know, El Salvador was already a wreck. So you can almost just rip off the Mm bandaid in, in a society like the United States, like Canada, dare I even say possibly like UK, like Germany, like, like there are country, you know, Scandinavian countries, especially because they're closer to socialists, but actually quite functional. You take those kinds of countries where it's like, you don't, you don't actually want to rock the boat too much because we're all living okay lives. So, so it's like, to then all of a sudden cut over to something where everything becomes transparent. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, that's why I don't, I don't, I mean, again, it's going to play out many different ways in many different places, but I think that's why the, the one by one, each individual making choices for themselves and staying, moving, making all those decisions, because I think it'd be too hard for a government to make that decision like on mass yeah. because basically yeah. they're as you said i mean so many societies and governments today are enormous and they provide all sorts of different you know quote unquote services to their people i.e they have a massive bureaucracy and yeah. they have massive obligations we all know how that's wrong but <laughs> right no sure but my point just is like they're not yeah. going to force austerity on themselves because they, you know, that's disastrous for them. They, you know, and when has a politician ever taken that route? And so I think they'll try to keep the game going as long as they can. And it's up to individuals to make choices for themselves that insulate themselves from the turbulence and then maximize their ability to store value, pursue what's meaningful to them, have the life they want and need for their families, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, over the course of that happen, uh, playing out, we shall see, you know, where the dust settles when it ultimately does. But it's it it would be a stretch to think that governments would uh, willingly not only reveal that degree of transparency that you just referred to, but again that the 
the austerity that necessarily would come with that transparency placed on them and then and then the social you know reprisals they would get from all those people that don't really understand the benefit of of whatever change they might be proposing because i'm 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 excited by polyev as well i think he's a bitcoiner and i think he he's well intended and you know i i think he's as as far as politicians go i think he's he's a great candidate but he's going to have to be very strategic and 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 walk that line carefully to uh, yeah, you want people this angry, sort of but change. you don't want them too angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And if you just, you know, drop drop the central banking scam on everyone on day one, and and, and you know, full disclosure on everything, people are gonna freak the the you know, the fuck out. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it'll uh, absolutely it'll be a, a delicate approach for many, I guess. But again, punchline being, uh, this is an individual revolution, and individuals should take it upon themselves to maximize. Uh, the benefits that this new tool and technology provides for them and their families. And, you know, that's the the best Absolutely. way to to go about doing it all. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we'll all orange pill in our own way. I appreciate what you do. Um, you know, we, we all have our role to play in, in ushering in the, the best possible future of tomorrow. So. 100%. Amen to that. Um, all right. So anyone listening, if they want to learn more or reach out or contribute in any way, Twitter handle is S-O-V-T-O-S-H-I, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Um, the, the webpage is dismal right now. So uh, any web devs, maybe that will be the link that we'll give going forward. But at the moment, just hit me up on Twitter. Awesome. All right, man. Well, look, I appreciate you making the time and uh, good luck in, in building everything. And we'll have to catch up again in the future and get an update. Absolutely. Thanks for the talk. All right, brother. Take care. Okay.